Welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message. We serve God. We have that privilege, don't we? And it says, no servant can serve two masters. You'll either love one or you'll hate the other. The context here is referring to money. But the principle is, is you're surrendered to God. You serve God. And so you don't serve money. You steward money. You steward it. You, you, you manage it on God's behalf. That, that Greek word for stewardship, this is a concept of stewardship. It comes from the word oikonomos. And it literally means to manage something on someone else's behalf. So think about that. In your life, you're managing your time on God's behalf. You manage your gifts, your talents on God's behalf. You're managing things on His behalf. See, you can't serve God properly if you don't learn to become a steward of your life. You can't serve Him properly. And so here you thought that, oh, well, I've got the servant life down pat. But there's a little bit more to it, which is what we're going to look at today. You know, uh, uh, Dad... He goes away, my dad goes away every now and then, and so I get to drive his car. And he has a great car, and so I, you know, I enjoy driving it when he, when he lets me. And, uh, but who knows, I take care of that car. You know, I, I, I'm, I could drive down the street, people look at me, and they'll think, Dean owns that car. That's his car. They would think I'm driving it everywhere, and they think, well, that's his car. But no, no, I know that I don't really own this car, I'm managing it on my father's behalf. I'm stewarding it for my father, you know. Maybe I'll wash it, maybe, <laughs> fill it up with diesel. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just stewarding it on his behalf. I realize that I don't own the car. And that's like our life with God, is we steward things, we manage things on his behalf. We have the privilege to manage our father's affairs, don't we? That's incredible. So this is very important. Uh, when we learn to do this, these passages, I believe, is going to give you some incredible wisdom, some real revelation on how to serve God as a steward. So are we ready for that? Yeah. Good. Welcome to those who are listening on live stream on YouTube. It is great to have you listening. Welcome. It's great to have you. So we're first looking at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. And then we'll be looking at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14. If you have your Bibles, you can go there. This is Paul teaching Timothy how to steward. Do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. And then 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14, you don't have to turn there, but it says a similar thing. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So Timothy has something, doesn't he? Paul says, you've got something. You've got a deposit from God You've been entrusted with something. Uh, we are all like Timothy. Amen. We all have a deposit from God. We've all been entrusted with something. And uh, Paul says to Timothy, you have to guard this. You have to, uh, don't neglect it. Now that word neglect, it comes from the Greek word amaleo. And, and it literally means, uh, Paul's saying, you need to pay attention to it. So don't pay no attention to it. Don't devalue this gift. Don't be careless with it. That's what Paul's saying. Uh, the whole point here is Paul is saying you need to value your gift, Timothy. If you want to be an effective steward, if you want to serve God as a steward, if you want to excel in that, then you need to value your gift. And that's the first point. Value the gift upon your life. We are all sons and daughters of God and we have all received something. You've all got a gift. You've all got a talent. 
You don't, don't look to the person next to you and think, oh, do I really? Yours is better. No, no. We've all got something from God. You've all got something to give. Amen? Amen. That's why He's wired you a certain way. That's why we're not all the same. We're different. We're unique. Because each one of you, whether you're sitting here, listening on live stream, it doesn't matter. You all have a gift. Amen? You all have a talent from God like Timothy. Matthew 25. Uh, This is an important parable for stewardship because it's talking about the time that we're living in. Matthew 25, Jesus is talking about uh, the time from His ascension into heaven to His earthly return. Jesus is coming back. Amen? That should be the best amen today. And uh, he's talking about that that's the time we're living in, from the ascension of Jesus to his return. And he tells this parable of a master who gives talents to three servants. Now, we know that Jesus is the master. He gives them bags of gold. And it's a picture of our, our gifts, the talents that he's given you. So once you come to Jesus, you receive a talent, amen, a gift. And he gives them to these servants. Two of the servants, they do something with it. They value that gift. They put it to work. They nurture it. They, they do something with it. The other servant, one servant, the text literally says he digs a hole and he hides it in a hole. He hides it. In other words, he doesn't value the gift. He doesn't value what's been given to him. He thinks, oh, what, what just this? All right, I'm just going to chuck it away. I'm not going to do anything with it. I'm going to leave it like that. And, uh, and, and this gives us such an important point that you know, Jesus, he said he wasn't really pleased with the person who hid the gift, was he? He wasn't pleased with the person who did nothing with the talent. They hid it away. He loved the people and he, he, was, he was pleased with the people who actually did something with what he gave them. So you know, Luke chapter 16 verse 10 says, Whoever can be trusted with little can be trusted with much. So your gift, your talent is like a seed. It's like a seed. And God wants to see if he can trust you with that seed. God wants to see... If, if you, you'll get that seed and, and if you'll uh, begin to use it, value it, take care of it. And if you do that, then it says, if he trusts you a little, he'll give you more. He'll give you more. So he brings his increase to your gifts and talents when you value it. It's important. Think of all the gifts and the talents that God can give. I mean, he's a rich God, isn't he? He's amazing. You can have all these gifts. I say gifts because it's multiple. People have multiple gifts. But think you could have a, a prophetic gift, a creative gift. You could have a gift to build things, so in carpentry. You, you could have an analytical mind. You could have a gift to produce wealth. It, it's important. So we, we take these things and we first value them. We value them to serve God properly. And, uh, and Paul, he shows us some things to do this. Because he says, this is how to value your gift. Do not neglect it. Do not neglect it. So that says to me that I first need to receive it, don't I? Uh, it's, like, it's like a child receiving a gift. A child doesn't get a gift and then just puts it on the shelf, leaves it there and neglects it. No, no. You first have to receive the gift. Open it. Don't neglect it. It's like, thank you, God. Thank you. The first step. Thank you for giving me a gift, a talent. Thank you that, that I have this. I recognize that. I'm going to value this. That's the first step. Second point, Paul says, guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit. And the Greek word Paul is using there is a term, uh, phylaxo. Literally, uh, this term, it means like as, as a shepherd guards his sheep. So think about that, how a shepherd 
looks after the sheep, how a shepherd will nurture, how a shepherd will water the sheep, make sure they're fed. That's what you're meant to do with your gift, with your talent. You're meant to guard it, protect it. This tells me you need to nurture that gift. Nurture it. Uh, you know, I remember I received a prophetic word about four years ago, probably five years ago, and it was about the gifts or, or the talent upon my life. I'm like, great, awesome. I've recognized that. That's good. I've got this gift. I went home, and for the next month, I just kept doing my daily routine, you know, kept going to work, study, you know, eat, watch TV, go to bed. I didn't do anything. I thought, God will work it out, won't he? God's good. He'll work it out. He said, I've got this gift upon my life, so you're meant to work it out, God, or, or you know, you can do something about it. I didn't realize that I had to nurture the gift. I, you know, I'm, I'm a slow learner, and so I, I started realizing that maybe I have to put some work in. Maybe I have to do something to nurture this gift. Paul said, with the help of the Holy Spirit. So God helps you with it, but you have to do something, don't you? It can be a cost. There's a cost, but I can guarantee you that the benefit far outweighs that cost when you're nurturing that gift for the Father. And, uh, and there's a few things I learned in that time to help you. A few practical things for you. I learned to read. Reading. Get other people's wisdom on your gift, on your talent. If you've got a prophetic gift, a financial gift, then read. Makes sense, doesn't it? Get other people's uh, experiences. See what they say about your gift. Spend time with God. Spend time with God. So you get with God. Uh, Psalm chapter 144, verse 1, King David says, God is the one who trains my hands for war and he trains my fingers for battle. Amen? So that means God's going to train you up in that gift. The Holy Spirit wants to help you, and He wants to train you in that. He he wants you to take your gift and talent to Him. And you know, the Scripture says one of His roles is that He's our counsellor. He wants to counsel you in that. Next point, get the right people in your life. Get the right people in your life. Think about that. I've got this gift, this talent, so I'm going to get the right person maybe to mentor me. I'm going to get the right person around me, maybe who are ahead of me in that gift, so they can rub off on me. You know, get, get those right people. And the last point, put the gift to work. Practice the gift. Amen? You've got to use that gift like the stewards, uh, like the servants in Matthew chapter 25. Do something with it. Start practicing. Spend time with God. Maybe you've got a creative gift. And so you start painting. Uh, whatever it is, but you practice that gift. Paul says to Timothy... You want to serve God by being a steward. You want to increase in your influence. Then you need to learn to value what God has given you. That's the first point. We value what God has given us. Amen? Amen. Can we do that? Good. All right. Matthew chapter 10 now. We're moving to Matthew chapter 10. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples on how to manage his affairs. Uh, And this is probably one of the most important principles, I believe, that you could learn in life about the servant life. Matthew chapter 10. Jesus, he called his 12 12 disciples to him, we're in verse 1, and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. So Jesus has given his disciples something. Verse 5 now. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Rather, go to the lost sheep of Israel. So this is their assignment. 
as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, now freely give. Interesting, isn't it? Jesus, the disciples come to him and he gives them something. That was our first point, was it? Is that the minute you say yes to Jesus, you'll come to him and he gives you something. That's that gift, that's that talent. For the disciples, uh, this example is authority. And so the disciples come to Jesus, he gives them something. But then what does he say? He says, there is an assignment upon what I've given you. As a servant of God, there is an assignment upon that. You have to go. You have to do something with it. Freely you have received, now freely give. Freely you've received, freely give. So this is the second point. If you want to serve God as a steward, you need to give what you have received. If you're taking notes, write down, servants give what they have received. Amen? Amen. Jesus has given us all something. We've all received that. And we now need to learn to become givers. You need to learn to become a giver in your life, a server. You've got that gift, that talent, and you have to give out of what God has given you. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10. It's an incredibly important scripture because it says, um, you use what, whatever gift or talent you have received from God, use that to serve one another, being faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Do we get that? Whatever gift, talent that you have received from God, use it to serve one another. Then you will be a faithful steward of God's grace in its various forms. So think about this. The whole purpose of your gift, of your talent, the whole purpose of what God's placed upon your life is that it would serve other people. That it would serve other people. Your gift is not for you. This is what this tells me. This tells me that the gift, the talent upon your life, it's not for you. It's for other people. It's for those around you. Uh, this scripture, it says, grace in its various forms. So that, think about that. That's why no one person has all the gifts from God. There's no one, you know, there's no just one superstar in the kingdom of God. No, it's distributed. Why? Because we all need each other. I need your gift. You need my gift. We're called to serve one another. Um, that's the whole purpose of your gift. This also tells me, and this is, will place, you can shift your mindset a bit, but this will place a lot of responsibility on people because this tells me that you're the grace that someone else needs. You're the grace that someone needs. You're the breakthrough. You're the, uh, you know, think about the disciples. If they never went and gave, they received something. If they never went and gave, people would have missed out, wouldn't they? The dead wouldn't have been raised. The sick wouldn't have been healed. The lepers wouldn't have been cleansed. And demons would not have been cast out, would they? The disciples had to give. If they didn't, people would have missed out. People would have missed out on encountering God. People uh, would have missed out on their breakthrough, on their blessing. You're the blessing. The gift, the talents upon your life, it's the grace that someone else needs in the workplace. Think about that. I'm going to show up and give because I'm the grace that someone needs today. Uh, you know, uh, maybe w- whatever it is, but I'm going to go, I'm going to show up and I'm going to think, God, I'm going to bless someone today 
That's going to be my mission. See, we should be a people who are, who are praying. You wake up in the morning, I'm praying, I'm seeking God, I'm pursuing you on who to give to today. Amen. You've given me this gift, this talent, and so I'm going to pursue that. Who am I going to give to and bless today? Imagine in your church, if everyone showed up to give, if you showed up and you thought, I'm, going to, I'm a grace that someone needs, it, 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 I'm going to go up and, and if I'm going to go and I'm thinking, well, do I go to church today, God? I've been tired. It's been, been a rough week. But what if you don't go and someone misses out? You're the grace that people need. So I'm going to go and serve. I'm going to give a word of encouragement. I'm going to go, I'm going to release some joy to people. That would be a miracle, wouldn't it? Release some joy in the church. I'm going to go and I'm going to uh, give. I'm going to start serving. I'm going to do something with my gift and my talent, but I'm going to prepare to show up and give in my church, in my workplace, in my home, serving my family, going, whatever it is. But we learn to give. Be a giver. Amen? Amen. And, uh, and Jesus, thank you, Jesus, he gives us some important uh, points in this. This is how you give what you have received properly, okay? Jesus says in verse 7, As you go, proclaim this message. As you go, proclaim this message. So if the disciples never went, they wouldn't have been able to give. And I know this can be a really simple point. I mean, it was a revelation to me. Uh, it can be a very simple point for people, but you first got to show up. Yeah. You've got to show up and give, don't you? I can't give if I don't show up. And I'm not just speaking about physically turning up. That's not just physically turning up. That's turning up mentally. Because yeah. a lot of people can show up and I can, you can see that they're not prepared to give. Yeah. They show up and, uh, and, and, you know, oh, I've had a bad day today. Oh, you know, it's been a rough week. Whatever it is, but you're not ready to give. And so you show up, but you're not there. You speak to people like that, and they're thinking about, you can tell they're thinking about the week they've got, what they're eating for dinner that night, what happened yesterday. They're not there. You've got to show up physically and mentally. You've got to show up prepared to give. Imagine in your Hope Hub, just become consistent in showing up. If you want to learn to be, have, have a lifestyle of giving, if you want to learn that to be an effective steward of God, then you first, got to, you first have to be consistent in showing up and being prepared to give. This scripture, it also tells me that, uh, and this could be a good word for some people in here, if you don't know your gifts and abilities, if you don't know what God has placed upon your life, Jesus said, just go, as you go to the disciples. Think about disciples, they've got this authority from God. Picture that, I've received all this authority from God. They'll be thinking, what do we do with it? We've never used it before. Got no clue. What are we meant to do with this? And Jesus says, go. I'm not going to help you. I'm not going with you. You just go. And so that tells me something. That says, I just need to go. If, if, you, don't, if you don't know your gifts and abilities, as you go, as you serve, as you give, as you, begin to, uh, as you begin to get this lifestyle of giving, God will reveal your gifts and talents to you. That's what he'll do. That's what this scripture tells me. So if you don't know what they are, then just go. Just start serving. Just anywhere. Whatever it is. In, in your church, workplace, at home, just start serving. Just start somewhere. Just start and Jesus will reveal it to you. Amen? And he also says, uh, freely give. Freely give. This is an important point. 
this one might sting a little, but it's coming from the Scriptures. It's not coming from me. It's coming from God, so blame Him. But uh, freely give. Think about that. You've received this gift. It's completely unearned and undeserved. Completely unearned. You didn't earn it. You didn't earn your gift or talent. It's given to you by God. You didn't earn it or deserve it. You freely received it. So that tells me that I need to freely give it. Sometimes I need to give to people who don't even deserve it. I need to give out of my gift and talent to people who maybe I don't necessarily like. God, this person's been mean to me. I don't want to give to them. But no, no, you've received that gift and talent for free. And so learn to give for free. Give to people who don't earn it or deserve it. Whatever gift or talent that is. But you serve people who don't necessarily earn it in your life. Amen? Amen. And it hasn't finished there because freely give means uh, giving with no agenda. Giving with no agenda. And this is really uh, the kingdom culture, God's culture on serving. Giving with no agenda. An agenda is something where, where I give to get something in return. That's what an agenda is. Where I'm serving, I'm giving to get something back. Uh, it could be, and, and I told you, this is a scripture speaking, not me, but uh, it could be as simple as serving because I want appreciation from someone. I'm sorry, but that's giving with an agenda. I'm serving because I want to be noticed by my pastor. It's giving with an agenda. You're giving, but you're not freely giving. You're not freely serving. That's not free service. That's not free giving because you're expecting something in return. I'm giving, but I want to get noticed. I want to get promoted. That's not freely giving. You know, uh, Beck and I, we bought a new couch. And, uh, well, it's not new anymore because it's been about six months since we bought it. So we've got a couch. Um, and we got this couch. It's a great couch, big couch. And I love it because you can lay there and watch the TV. It's that wide, right? And, and I'll, I like to lay on the edge of it because the edge is, you know, I'm a, I'm a taller guy. Gives me plenty of leg space. And, and Beck knows this because that, the, if you lay on the opposite side, you're up against the wall, you're cramped. You don't have much space. And so the lovely wife she is, she'll serve me by letting me sit in that spot either when we're watching TV or reading, right? And after a while, I began to realize something. Because um, at that point, you know, it's closest to the pantry. And so at night, Beck would always tell me, can you get me some food? <laughs> People get hungry. Can you get food? Can you get a drink? And at the start, I'm like, well, she's re- being really nice. She's giving me this spot. Sure, I'll get the food. I'll get the food, sweetie. No worries. <laughs> After a while, I began to realize something. I said, why don't you get the food this time? Why don't you get? And, she, and she said to me, no, no, because then I have to jump over you. I have to get up. You know, you know it, it'll be awkward for you. You'll have to get up. And, and, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. And so I kept getting it. Then I began to realize the whole reason she was letting me sit in this spot was because she didn't want to be the one to go and get the food at night. She didn't want to be the one to get the drinks and all that. And, and you know, maybe... It's a very long... <laughs> I told you, I said before, I was a slow learner. Um, she's a great servant, though. She's a great servant. Don't worry about that. But that's an agenda, isn't it? That is an agenda. She wasn't freely giving. Uh, she, was, she was serving, but it wasn't free. It wasn't for free. And, uh, and that's the whole point. 
we give what we have received freely. Think about that. And this is where you really have to analyze your heart. This is where you really have to think, am I coming to church? Am I uh, at a Hope Hub? Am I at home? Am I actually freely giving? Am I, uh, do I have an agenda? Do I really, am I giving just because I want people to notice me or appreciate me? It's so important as the church we get this culture right because think about the world teaches you to give but it's with an agenda. The world teaches you to serve but it's to get something in return. You serve so you can get up the ranks or you serve so you can get something from your boss or anything like that. No, no, this is kingdom culture, amen. We are a people who serve with no agenda. We just love people and we give out of the gifts that we have received from God. Amen? Amen. So that's what Jesus, and he nails it here when he says, freely receive, freely give. You want to serve God as a steward, you need to give what you have received. Next point, and this is where we're going back to the life of Joseph. So Joseph, he'd been given this dream. He'd been given this dream that he would rule and reign. It was really God letting him know of his gifts and talents. But God knows he needs to learn to serve And to steward first. Genesis chapter 39, and we're looking at verse 1. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. So who knows that's a bad day. Joseph, he got sold by his brothers into slavery. Uh, Not very nice of his brothers, was it? The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put Joseph in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything that Potiphar owned, both in the house and in the field. Think about that. Joseph, he's just been sold into Egypt. If there's ever a day or a season where you don't want to serve, where you don't want to give to people, it would be that, wouldn't it? You've been sold into slavery. He's in the house of Potiphar. I mean, if someone had a right not to serve, it would be Joseph. It would be Joseph. I just want to get back to my brothers. There is no benefit to Joseph for serving Potiphar. There's no benefit for Joseph for giving. I just want to, get back to, I want, I want to get back home. This isn't a great day. This isn't going to be a great next couple of years. I don't know about this, God. What's going on here? See, Joseph, he begins to use his abilities. He's using his giftings to serve Potiphar. Potiphar is getting blessed. Everything that Potiphar owned, was God was prospering. But think about this. Was Joseph? What about Joseph? Nothing. Joseph was still just a slave. Joseph was a servant. There was no benefit for Joseph, but he began using those gifts, those talents, those abilities to serve another man's vision, to see Potiphar succeed. See, in this text, we see that Joseph, he begins to, uh, he gets noticed. He gets promoted. That doesn't tell me that uh, Joseph was necessarily serving bad. You don't promote someone who serves terribly, do you? So that tells me that he was using those gifts and abilities for someone else. And this is the third point. Joseph learned an important lesson here. If you want to serve God as a steward, then you need to work to see other people succeed. 
You need to work to see others succeed. Joseph was using his gifts, his abilities to see Potiphar get blessed. No agenda for Joseph. There was nothing for him. He was just using what God had given him to see Potiphar increase, to see Egypt increase. Jesus, in John chapter 10, verse 17, says something very important. He says, uh, The Father loves me. The Father loves me because I lay my life down on my own accord. He loves me. God loved Jesus because he laid his life down on his own accord. Jesus, he saw everything that was happening with humanity. He saw that we were failing. And so he says, I'm going to go lay my life down. I'm going to go to earth. He lived with, he lived with us. He used his gifts, his talents, what God had placed upon his life to serve everyone around him, went to the cross, died on our behalf. The whole reason we can be successful today, the whole reason you can have God's blessing and favor upon your life is because of Jesus. Amen? That's why we can have abundant life, because of Jesus. And it says that God loved him because of that. The Father loved him because of that. Now, yes, you are unconditionally loved by God. You can't earn God's love. But this does prove the point that God is incredibly pleased with people like Joseph who use their gifts, their talents, their abilities to see other people succeed, to serve a bigger vision than them, to see your workplace succeed, to see your church succeed, to see your family succeed, using what God has placed upon your life to increase and bless those around you. Amen? Amen. And, uh, and there's some important points in finishing up on how we can do that. Because he says in verse 4, Joseph became Potiphar's attendant. He, came Potiphar, he became Potiphar's attendant. So that tells me that he became really good at meeting Potiphar's needs. Joseph became a problem solver. So you may be thinking, what's the difference between this point and freely giving? What's the difference between uh, working to see others succeed and just giving out of what you've received? Well, it's a very different point because... Potiphar, he became a problem solver. So that tells me if you want to work to see other people succeed in life, you actually need to become a problem solver for them. Yeah. Become a problem solver. Become someone who, who you know, in, in, with your friends, and you go up and say, hey, what's actually, what's a real need that I can meet for you? What's a real need? I've got these gifts, these talents. Maybe, uh, maybe you've got a prophetic gift. And so you go to a friend, I'm going to solve a problem for you. I'm going to, I'm going to teach you to hear from God. That would be a miracle, wouldn't it? If we taught people how to hear from God effectively, if we started doing that, maybe you've got a, a gift uh, to build things. And so you say, you go to the church, go to the leadership pastors, and you say, what's the real problem I can solve? Is there anything that needs to be done in the church that I can really pick up the slack there? Problem solver. This is about, this is being specific. Being specific in your friends' lives, in your workplace. Like, imagine your workplace if you became a problem solver then you would get noticed, wouldn't you? Yeah. You become someone who's using these gifts and abilities upon your life to actually solve people's issues, to pick up slack. This is not just making someone a cup of tea. This is not just going and saying, well, I'm just going to serve this person. As great as that is, no, this is actually being specific, saying, what is your problem? I want to help you solve that. Can we do that? Yeah. Amen. I want to be like Joseph, don't you? I want to be that person where people 
want to become my friend because the blessing of God goes on their life when they know me. I want to be that person where my church is successful, my workplace is incredibly blessed and favoured by God, all because I'm using my gifts and abilities for them. Amen? And uh, there's one more little point here in verse 4. Joseph, he got noticed and promoted. Finishing up, Joseph got noticed and promoted. So think about the attitude of Joseph. What would Joseph's attitude have been like? You, you don't notice and promote someone who, who's serving, but they're complaining, angry to serve. Oh, I'll serve, but I can't be bothered doing this. You know, remember when you were a kid? When I was a child, I was no, I was an obedient kid. I was. Um, when your parents asked you to do a chore or to serve them or to do something, you'd do it, wouldn't you? But you wouldn't be happy about it. Oh, no, no. I'd be like, oh, do I really have to? You know, do I have to mow the lawns today? I'd go out, but everyone would know that Dean's not happy about serving. You know, do the dishes. Everyone, it became a burden for my parents to ask me to do things because they say, we don't want Dean to get in a bad mood today. We better not ask him. You know, we better not. Thankfully, thank you, Lord, that I matured out of that. I did. Um, but the whole point is that we want to be mature people in the kingdom of God, don't we? And so this is about attitude when we serve. Your attitude is actually more important than your service. Because some people, they can serve, but they actually become a burden because of their attitude. They become a burden because they're complaining. They, you know, they start, think of Joseph, his, his actions and his language would have been honouring Potiphar. It would have been honouring those around him. Are my actions, are my language when I'm working to see others succeed? Is it honouring them? Am I speaking good things about my bosses at work? Am I speaking good things about my pastors? Am I speaking uh, good things about those around me, words of life? Am I, am I, when I serve, am I serving with joy? Am I serving with joy? You know, that's why I love the cafe team, because they do the hard work of serving everyone coffee. Who knows that's difficult? But they do it with joy. They do it with a smile on their face. And we love that, don't we? When someone serves with a godly attitude. And so, you know, again, this is the kingdom culture, but really it's assessing yourself and saying, okay, God, I'm going to work like Joseph to see other people succeed, and I'm going to do it with a great attitude today, even though maybe I don't feel like it. Maybe, maybe I'm not happy with the way I'm being treated by my boss. Maybe I'm not happy with the way uh, I've been treated by someone, but I'm still going to work to see them succeed I'm going to have a good attitude about it because I know that the Father absolutely loves that. He loves it when we serve Him like that. Amen? Amen. All right, so Joseph learned this lesson, an important lesson in life. And just look at the result of Joseph. Look at the result. He, uh, he learned to see other people succeed and he was rewarded, wasn't he? He was rewarded. Joseph got promotion. Joseph, actually, the overflow, the blessing of God went to his family. His family was stuck out in the famine and they were able to come into Egypt and receive great blessing and favour, increase abundant life, all because of Joseph, all because he worked to see them succeed, to see Egypt. He, he began, he stewarded the whole economy of Egypt, didn't he? But he was still a servant. Remember that? He was still a servant. Even though he got promoted, he was still working to see other people succeed. And that's what it says in Matthew chapter 6. 
It says, God who sees in secret will reward you openly. The Father sees what you do in secret. He sees the, he, the scripture says that he sees the intents and thoughts of our heart. And he's the one who will reward you openly. When you work to see other people succeed, God will notice you and he will reward you. But just think about that. God will reward you. God. See? Often we put the responsibility on other people to reward us. Don't we? I mean, often we can put the responsibility on, uh, on your leadership to reward you. I'm serving in the church and so I should be getting rewarded. No, no, it's not man's responsibility to reward you. It's not their responsibility, it's God's. It's a shift in mindset, but it's knowing that this is God's responsibility to reward me. It's not my family's. If I'm serving in secret, if I'm serving with a pure heart, with a godly attitude, then the promise is that God will reward me. So I don't have to put that responsibility on other people. I knew I'd get a good cheer for that one. Amen. And so... It's so important that, you know, this servant life, God loves people who serve. He, he, he desires for his children to serve, to become effective stewards of what he's given them, to serve him as someone who manages his affairs on earth. It's a great responsibility and everyone needs to focus in getting better at that, on stewarding what God has given you. And so think about that this week. How can I apply this to my life? How can I apply these points? Value your gift. That was the first point. So think about this. What can I do to do that? To value my gift this week. Just one thing. Maybe I'll start reading. Maybe I'll get a coffee with someone who can speak life into me. But value your gift. Then the second point, it was giving what you have received. What can I, one step in my life to become a better giver? One step to start giving what I've received. Uh, you know, maybe it's just going down the street, and once a week, you help someone buy their groceries. Do something like that. Just start. You can be creative with it. I used to uh, go for runs at night. And so I used to think, well, what can I do in my run? And I used to yell out, thank you, Jesus, like every minute. Because I thought, maybe there's someone praying in their house who's saying, Jesus, reveal yourself to me. And they might hear my voice saying, Jesus. And, uh, and, and, and maybe it'll be a word for them. You know, uh, I just get creative with it. Become a giver. Become a giver and then work to see others succeed. Servants work to see others succeed. How can I become a problem solver for my church, for my workplace, for my family? Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've called us into service, into your kingdom, and that you want to help us with that. It's your great desire that our lives should be surrendered to you because you know that when... We are under your lordship, that your blessing and favor, your power flows throughout our life. You've all given us something amazing upon our life. Whether it's a seed at the moment or whether it's growing, it doesn't matter. We thank you, Father, for every good gift that you give us. Every good gift that comes from you, God, is perfect, it's powerful, it has authority, and it has an assignment upon it. And so we surrender our hearts to you today, Holy Spirit. We say, come to a work in our hearts. We open ourselves up to you for those who don't know their gifts and talents. Father, right now I ask that you minister to them. Speak to them. Reveal their gift to them. Show them what they carry, Lord, what's upon their life.
For those who have devalued that gift, who have tried but have thought, God, I don't know what to do with this. Thank you, Father, that you want to teach them to nurture. You want to teach them relationship about how to spend time with you and counsel them in that gift. And so I declare that over people today, those who don't know their gifts and talents, those who don't know the assignment upon their life, God is going to reveal that to you as you go, as you give. God will reveal that to you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've each given us great authority to see those around us succeed. Like Joseph, I declare, Father, that there's people in this church who are rising up and they will be like Joseph, where they're working, Father, where they're using those gifts, those talents on their life to see those around them succeed, where they see the bigger picture of the kingdom. Thank you for that, Holy Spirit. We speak that anointing over people's lives right now to see the bigger picture of the kingdom of God in others, in the church, in the workplace, and to become a great problem solver. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Holy Spirit.